And I think it took so long for photography to be legitimized as an art practice. And I think this is sort of the intersection of like, it's all everything, you know, like painting is photography, photography is painting, right. like it's all art. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. Well, we're here with, as always, Tom Starkweather. Hello. Brett Davis. Hello. And our guest, Carolyn Tompkins. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited. (laughs) Me too. So you guys, it was interesting, Brett, you throwing around different names, you threw sections, and like I went and looked it up, and like I saw your work, and then I was doing doing more research, and I was like, wait a minute, like all of a sudden all the cat called, oh, so yeah. I was like, I know. So it's weird <laughs> when you see you know like one of those viral projects, and you kind of like put it together, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Cause I'm sure you have plenty to say about that, I, but we much. should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But we should, uh, we should, I think we should talk about Ohio. We should talk about Cincinnati because I told Brett a long time ago, I was like, I want to go to Cincinnati. And he was like, why would you ever want to go to Cincinnati? <gasps> Are you kidding me? Uh, it's yeah. the greatest place on earth. I, I was like, Cincinnati. I would take a trip there. Like, you should. I, I would, and then maybe do a whole kind of like Cincinnati, Kansas City, Lexington or Ooh. something like that. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Midwest. So, okay. Yeah. Evansville, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky. Maybe, uh, Yeah. I think river, I mean like I, depressing river towns. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. I think. Well, I, yeah, I'm interested Louisville in that part of part of the country. <laughs> but you do yeah. so. You do. You're working on a project in Ohio. Uh, yeah. Well, I've I kind of uh, I've always been working on a project. In Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, when I was in school, I I think a lot of people do this where they realize their hometown is like so much weirder than they thought it was when they grew up there. And Ohio, I, I think, is particularly interesting because. They have, um, they don't, you know, there's no like bodies of water besides the river or like mountains. So I think that people sort of create their own sort of forms of tourism and whether that's like a giant like loaf of fiberglass loaf Mm -hmm. of bread or like crazy like living Bible wax museum where like all of the wax figures are like Madame Tussaud knockoffs. And then it's like Jesus as like Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) So like, I don't know, just all these things where it's like, it's like very wholesome, Mm -hmm. I think. And I just was, became really interested in, um, that like researching that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm from Minnesota and like, I think the space, you know, obviously Minneapolis is a big, city but like this once you get out and you get into like this this it's really kind of I guess like those smaller towns or the places in between the towns in the Midwest that I think kind of it gets at one one part of it is very homogenized these days you can see the same at this sure you know, yeah interstate you can see the same McDonald's and like the same kind of places but then yeah. you also have the very kind of like quirky kind of like small town America which yeah as much as it's probably been you know document or whatever is still very weird sometimes yeah, you know sure. and one thing i'm kind of interested about is like how like the internet is impacting small towns mm-hmm. because that's got to be crazy because in a small town people are in each other's shit all the time anyway <laughs> and now like they're on facebook and all that right. stuff too so i'm i'm waiting for like that project somebody yeah. to do that like internet <laughs> in small town you know America. Right. yeah how small do you town do that? internet art I, it would drive me crazy. Think about it. You were in a, growing up in high school, and it's like a town of like 150. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it gives you it gives you a lifeline to the outside. Yeah, you, know, you have all these people. Like I go back home and I talk to my sisters about the music they listen to, and it's much more diverse than the music that I grew up listening to. Right. Just yeah. Because you're bound by like local radio. You know, yeah, for bound that by radio, you know. bound by the CD collection of your mom and dad. 
mine just happened. My mom listens to Celine Dion and Kenny G. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even like Best Buy or something. And now you kind of have like I, you know, I used to live by like Fye and Spot or Best Buy and whatever. Now there's right. like Spotify and that yeah, didn't, that didn't exist. Yeah, I think. So, so if you're working on the, if, it's, if you're always working on, it, is this this project something you feel like it'll be a lifelong project that you're gonna do? Um. I think I'm, I don't know, I think I'm at a point, when I was in school, I was much more driven to be, like, always going there and photographing. Um, lately, I've been photographing swimmers in Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, it's something I'm still very early on the stage of it, but I, I was a swimmer from, for like, 15 years or something, oh, wow. and at, the, at the, like, same swim club, so I've been going back to that swim club and photographing. Oh, that's um, cool. So it's kind of yeah. like you start out broad taking your pictures and you slowly kind of like dig into yeah. like the more specific stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I think that like if you're going to make a project about something, you should be like really in it and like obviously. I don't know, yeah. like, <laughs> obvious, but like I feel like people just sometimes are like, I'm going to go make a picture or like make photographs uh -huh. about bed uh -huh. And it's like, what? Why? And yeah. they're just like, I don't know, because yeah. it's because I need to have a project about something. And yeah. so I think I do a lot of like being like, OK, what am I like? really invested in what are like really core parts of me that I want to like investigate and I feel like swimming has been that for a long time so we kind of we've kind of hit on like the road a little bit here and I want to uh, you have a, a pretty good quote here from you were interviewed in Lens Scratch about your project writer yeah um and so Aline Smithson she's a great great blogger great thinker she's tax sharp Big fan. So she asked the question, the road as a concept has a rich history with photography, one that is uh, mainly male driven. And she asked, did you think about these themes while you were traveling or were you in a totally different mindset? So this is Carolyn. So, yeah, of course, the photographic American landscape is a male landscape. The photographic American road is a male road. I spent most of my time in undergrad exploring what happens when females enter typically male spaces, which is why I wanted to enter this one. I've been thinking a lot about what the female gaze looks like, what female desire looks like. The nude photo included is a classically female pose created by men, but the roles are flipped. The photo of the glory hole is a woman looking at a woman recognizing the absence of a man. The yonic and phallic forms in the photographs are designed to insert myself into that male conversation to wedge in female desire. So give us a little bit of background on this project. You were right out of school and yeah. you're going on the road with a trucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we. Uh, so I, I graduated school and I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> um, but I knew a guy that um, I was in, previously had been in school with and mm -hmm. he um, when he graduated he became a truck driver and was is and was uh, photographing, his name is Ryan Trotsky. Um, mm. He was photographing truck drivers and I, he invited me to live indefinitely on his truck. And mm. I was like, I'm never going to have that. <laughs> no one is like ever going to ask me that question yeah. again. So um, yes. And I also didn't have a job. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And um, so I, I moved into his truck and just spent a few months photographing. Um, it was, it's kind of tricky. I mean, it was like a, it was definitely a weird trip because mm -hmm. he is a man <laughs> photographing. Like he had like a very specific project mm -hmm. and I think he felt very threatened by me being there. Um, uh, like thinking that I, you know, I my intention was never to go photograph truckers like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really inappropriate for me to do, but, um, I think for him it was like confusing to have another photographer there. So mm -hmm. I, I sort of began just to be really interested. I mean, I was, totally an outsider to everything that I mean he was an outsider even because mm -hmm. he's like an artist that was 
like sort of faking as a trucker. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. he had a, he was certified as yeah. a total job and everything. Yeah. But like, um, uh, so and then for me, I think a lot of the men were very confused as to like what to do with mm-hmm. me as like basically no one would address me and it was like I don't know. It's interesting because uh, I don't know like. I just felt very alone, I think, you know, cause it's like if I, if I was ever in a public space, cause I was mostly just confined within like a very s- small truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I don't know. I was either asked if I was like a sex worker or I was sort of hit on, or mm-hmm. I was just like treated as like an accessory to the man mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I would be like, they would make eye contact with me, but they would never address that. I like another human mm-hmm. was in the car very kind wild. of thing. And, um, yeah, so I think I it made me think a lot about just my like how, like the space that I took up mm-hmm. as a as a female and um, yeah. So because it, it is a hyper almost like a hyper masculine yeah like career lifestyle. I mean yeah. like having the, the freedom to be on the road and like you know oftentimes I don't know this is probably because I watch too much true crime, but like also a lot of the serial killers are like truck drivers, you know what sure. I mean? Like there's, so, but I, what I'm saying, like, well, it's true. There is like this, there's there's like this under kind of like belly where like it kind of gets close to like, like a dangerous kind of like underground subculture, you know what yeah. I mean? Where there's not, people are off by themselves and there's not, you know, it's not like if you're a truck driver, I don't think you have like a Boss screaming at you. Brian's right going right? to retire well, from photography someday and become a forensic investigator. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but it is, it, it is, like I said, I, I think you enter into like that hyper masculine kind of like culture. Oh, and, for and sure. Like, yeah. I mean, you kind of get to the root of, or you're close to like toxic masculine. It's right there. You yeah, know what I mean? No, so that just had to have been, I mean, I, I can't even imagine it going as like a, you know, middle class <laughs> like, yeah. I'd be like dude going into it I'd be like yeah. oh man and this is I can't so how what were like the most difficult things about the actual lifestyle like sleeping eating kind of adjusting yeah. to that and being in a different place or like how does your sense of time ch- change and shift you mm-hmm. know? well um where to start the hardest part I think for me was the food aspect uh I mean you think about like the hardest, I think the, the biggest thing I learned was like, oh, you're in a huge truck, like where are you going to park it? So like you think you're going to on this like amazing road trip, but then you'd be like, oh, that looks like an amazing fruit stand <laughs> off the side of the yeah. like side of the road. Let's go there. And it's like, OK, we can't park a truck <laughs> on a fruit stand. You know, so it, it often a lot of the food options were like Denny's or like Walmart, if you're lucky <laughs> and like, I don't know, truck stop food. So mm. often I found myself especially, you know, I've lived in New York for like five years. I'm used to eating like great food all the time. So (laughs) I was just eating like kind bars every day. And, um, I think that was really hard for me personally. I mean, I know for him, it was like a whole other set of like, uh, sort of logistical things where like a lot of, if, if there's like an error made, most Mm -hmm. times it's like the fault of the trucker. So like if someone is loading your truck or something and they do it improperly, it the, the, the like twenty thousand dollar ticket goes to you <laughs> and uh. and like or something like that you know and and there's also all these different things with like time cards and I don't know you have to like you can only drive for a certain number of hours a day in a certain time period and like but also on the east coast especially it's super hard to find parking it's like crazy difficult so you have it, you can get like a huge ticket for not for like driving over your time, but it may just be because you're looking like looking for parking. And I don't know, there's all these sort of things like that, that like, it just seems like 
the whole world's like out to get you. Yeah, like the, bureau- driver, the whole bureaucracy. The, yeah, yeah is, it's oof. super yeah. bureaucratic. That I mean, it, you know, it's and I think it's it's really difficult because so many people that are truck drivers currently like have been truck drivers f- mm-hmm. for a long time, and it's only recently been like more litigated and and like it used to just be like cops when they'd pull you over would be like okay give you me your most updated like timesheet because like mm-hmm. they used to just write it down yeah, and yeah. they would just like have multiple of them and then you know so they could make a lot more money and uh-huh. now now it's all computerized and it's like all these sort of sensors and huh. all this stuff so I think that it can be and also another thing is like they have a GPS in their mm-hmm. in their thing but oftentimes it doesn't know the right truck routes so like it'll tell you to go somewhere that is illegal for you to drive uh, so literally like your job is like I don't know <laughs> there's so wow. there's just like a laundry list of that, that wow, kind of stuff interesting. that like yeah. so it mostly was like me just sitting in the passenger seat and him being like very stressed out oh, and me just like wow. I'm sorry like, can I help you I don't know um, yeah and I don't know I think there was a pressure on him too because like I was sort of just a a tourist mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. like a culture and he it was like his job and like something he was trying to explore mm-hmm. artistically and uh, I think there was like a pressure for him for me to like have a good time mm-hmm. and I think it's like it, so the way it works is you have to you can drive like 10 hours within mm-hmm. a 14 hour period so and then you get a 10 hour break for sleeping but a 10 hour break is like actually not much time at all because it means like you get one hour at night and then one hour in the morning and mm-hmm. eight hours sleep and Anyway, so it would be kind of me. We'd be in these like incredibly beautiful places all the time. And I'd just be like, oh, I wish we could stop. It would just always be from like a car window (laughs) or like a truck window, you know. So I think that I wasn't, I don't know what I thought when I was going into Mm. it, but I was like, we're going to just be like on the road. (laughs) And it was like actually like, there's the road and I'm sitting here. So it's more, it's more grueling. It's really, I mean, it really, I mean, it is blue collar work. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And he did like flatbed, Mm -hmm. um, which actually like, so anytime you see someone with a flatbed truck, they, the truck, the driver, like has to bind all of that stuff to the truck themselves and like anything with tarps or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, any of all that stuff. So it, it, it's like very physically demanding. It can take like eight hours just to get all that stuff strapped (sighs) on and. Um, and meanwhile, I would just be like walking around, <laughs> like taking, taking pics. Yeah. And him, I think it was really hard for him because he was like doing ma- manual labor. And mm. I was just like, I'm going to go over there yeah. and take some pics. Yeah. And I can understand how that's yeah. not super easy. So what, what was your takeaway from it as like an artist or a photographer from doing like coming into a project where you have, I don't know, you always have a little some sort of expectation or in your head sure. of how it's going to do. And then like. Obviously yeah. you do it and it changes. So <laughs> what did you take away kind of like once you're like as an artist or photographer? Right. I mean, I I think I thought a lot about just like gender. I think that's what was really on my mind within the truck and when outside of it, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of like um, it was very interesting to kind of put myself in a female role by being because, you know, a lot of drivers have wives that like mm-hmm. live with them and they sort of cook and, and then the driver whatever and anyway so I, I was sort of putting myself in a very female role and kind of exploring like what that means and and just like every interaction I think kind of meant more to me um with other drivers and whatever because another thing is like it's it is such a masculine world that like mm-hmm. every driver will come up to you and be like oh you know you really should be doing this and like they're always trying to get like always trying to one-up each other yeah. and always trying to give advice and they'd always ask like how long you been driving like Oh, only like two years. Yeah, it was just <laughs> I don't know. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think 
I think I have never been in such a like gendered place mm. that, that if I felt like I was reminded of genders so often, especially mm. living in New York. It's mm-hmm. so like fluid about everything that, yeah, I think that's something I cool. take away most. Uh, well, we go from, from being on the road to <laughs> being back in the city. And <laughs> so this, this project is called Hey Baby. And this is, this is a project that I would say safely went viral on the web and <laughs> Essentially, Weird. you were you <laughs> photographed the men that cat called you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. As you think about a photographer, at one end, it seems like very obvious somebody would do that, right? Sure. Like, but on the <laughs> other end, too, to actually do that is like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, it takes. You Thanks. know, I don't know. So, at what point were you just like, I got to do this? Was it like, was it? Did the impulse come as like an artist, photographer? Is like these could be really interesting pictures, or was it more overtly political? Of like, I'm going to like show who these people are. <laughs> you know? I think it was more like me sort of sharing experiences, and it seeming like it was part of a conversation all the time. And then mm-hmm. like a lot of people being like, "Oh, well, I'm sure it doesn't happen that much," or like it, it just sort of always being like brushed off as like not a real legitimate thing that mm-hmm. happens. And mm-hmm. it also. Um, was sort of I think my I think everybody when they move to New York from somewhere else has like a reaction project to New York mm. <laughs> and I feel like it was my reaction project to like uh, I moved to Bushwick and and I like was like right off Broadway and um, as we are here but mm. and I was just getting catcalled every day like multiple times a day and just being like what the fuck is this shit like, <laughs> what? like and it was so it's such a personal it would happen in such a personal way where mm. it's like literally as they cross you I mean obviously sometimes it's like very uh you know like uh what's the word I'm looking for public mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. the most part it's like as they cross you they like say whatever thing they're gonna say mm-hmm. and um so I think it was my way of kind of having evidence um, as like, this is a thing that happens and nobody talks mm-hmm. about it. And like, can we talk about it? And so, yeah. So how did you actually, did you stop them and say like, hey, I'm not interested <laughs> in you, but I want to take your picture. <laughs> or was uh, it you just turned around and took the picture? Yeah, it was more that. I mean, uh. I it was important for me not to ask them because they didn't ask me. Right, right. So, exactly. um, I would just say like, you know, if I said anything, it would be, I'm going to take your picture. And, mm-hmm. and I th- the responses were varying. Some men just like, would run away. Some men would like be encouraged by it, which is something I'm interested in too. Like, cause at a certain point it's like, Oh, am I just encouraging cat calling by taking these photos? Like, mm-hmm. am I giving them a reward by being like, Oh, I like cat called this girl. And then she <laughs> told me it was okay. Yeah, by yeah. You know? And, and I, I worked on the project for a while that I got to a point of, I like explored a lot of different avenues of like wearing a body camera mm-hmm. and then being like, no, that's, that's not the right method. And then, and then like sort of responding to them and being like, why do you do this? And I think that was also not met with, <laughs> with the greatest. Mm-hmm. Usually it would just be like, I didn't rape you. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, I mean, got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and originally the photos were much farther away, mm-hmm. um, too. And I think, um, when I started zooming in on them, uh, was I don't know. It, it became mm-hmm. much more successful, mm-hmm. I guess. So w- what was the reaction? I mean, it goes, how does this get, what, what's the kind of like, who picks this up first and how does that mm-hmm. whole like viral phenomenon? Because it gets, yeah. po- Huffington Post or somewhere that like, gets picked up and then it yeah. just kind of goes crazy from that. Yeah. And like, did you get any hate mail? <laughs> oh, yeah, for Whoa. sure. Oh, really? <laughs> for sure. Oh, um, wow. Well, 
yeah, it's interesting because I, so I made the body of work and I was pretty, pretty much all the photos were made in like 2013, 2012. Mm -hmm. And then I pitched it to a lot of places and everyone was like, no, (laughs) like (laughs) everyone was not interested. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess that's it. Like I thought it was important and it wasn't Mm -hmm. and like, that's fine. And you know, and then this woman, Hannah Price, like made a similar body of work. The was it the Hollerback? That wasn't the video, was no, it? No, oh, no, no, she did. Okay, yeah, it was we... like in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. And and it got like it was on NPR and like CNN. Yeah. And I was like, the fuck, like yeah. I, I was like, because I'd pitched like two years earlier, mm-hmm. which is like fine. I mean, but then I like, but then she changed the language on on the website. I don't know. She just like made it seem like mm. she was like, well, it's just my experience of living in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I was mm. like, well, don't call these men cat callers if they weren't. And anyway, anyway, um, eventually some like Christian science monitor, uh, <laughs> like blog, like asked me to do a quote about cat calling. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was like, great. <laughs> I was like, sure. So I did that. And then like six months later, uh, Al Jazeera America like contacted me and wanted to mm-hmm. do like a small feature on mm-hmm. the work and, and also like the Hollerback people. And, and then after that, it just like was like the most insane month of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, but, who's emailing you? I mean, are these, uh, you, who, who's, who's emailing you? Cause uh, you right. hear about this and especially in the media, like mm-hmm. women in the media, like writers on Twitter, like it's constant. Like if you're visible as a female, like you're going to get harassed. I mean, oh, it's sure. just like, like, I'm curious, like who are the, who's like, oh, the who hate are mail? the people? Yeah. Who are the oh. people that are? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was mostly men telling me that like there are big, bigger bridges to burn or like, or there are bigger like issues to deal with. And, um, that like this isn't that big of a deal. And, like, so how, they're mansplaining. Why are they like, going out of their way? To <laughs> because they got to exactly. explain shit to her. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 totally. You know? <laughs> and it, yeah, it was mostly just like how privileged of you to feel this way. And, and something I, you know, I'm white, and I, mm. I brought up that I, I like when mm. I presented the work, I, you know, very much was open about the fact that I'm photographing people of color, and mm-hmm. that's like always going to be problematic as like a white person. And, and that was something I got like a little bit of traction from, but well, that I was, I was just actually going to bring that up because I found a Tumblr thread, like mm-hmm. you said, and this came from Vivian, Vivian. Yeah. yeah. So Vivian's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And she, so she brought it up, but she's like, if you know, she made the comment, it's like with all people, men of color and it's, you know, yeah. senses portraying them as predators and like, where are the sure. white dudes? And like, I think I'm, you know, I guess I'm curious is like, Obviously, it depends on you know. The you did this project in one place, though. Too, yeah, right? but yeah. it's it's. But then you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky. I mean, I don't I even. I'm trying to be safe here <laughs> in the way like well, I use. But I'm saying I mean, like I'm happy to talk about. It. I, I guess what I would say is like, is there is there a difference? You know the way like different class like men in different classes, mm-hmm. the harassment how it how it occurs. Like yeah. maybe it doesn't happen. Men in the different like Wall Street bros or something like that, sure. or like you know marketing bros, like media bros, yeah, like yeah. they're not probably gonna. Are they gonna be cat calling as well, or is it gonna be a different type of harassment where you're at a party or something like mm-hmm. that? I mean, I guess I'm yeah. curious about how the social dynamic or like the class mm-hmm. kind of plays into it. Yeah. Know? Well, the thing I think about talking about Vivian is like, and her and I have talked about this is like she's an Asian woman and she gets, she gets catcalled mostly by white men. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so I think for her, when she first made that post, cause we've talked about it is like, that was, she was like, Oh, are they just not being like, is she just 
not photographing the white men. And it's mm. like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to have like, I not love, but like, it's not great for me to f- only be photographing people of color. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. I don't know mm-hmm. if that sounds weird, but like, uh, it, it's not like I'm not including them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, I think it's a complicated issue, but yeah, I, I think, I also think that white men, uh, oppress women in like more subtle and different ways mm-hmm. and sort of like, rape jokes mm-hmm. and things sure, like sure. that you know so i think it it, it all comes out in in different ways and mm-hmm. by different classes i'm like a fair-skinned white girl and and like and i'm and it's something also that like i'm gentrifying a neighborhood like i'm living in bushwick mm-hmm. and that is like you know I, i'm part of that so it's, right. it's all something i'm totally aware of mm-hmm. and <laughs> i will like fully admit it's like it's got problems mm-hmm. but i think that I don't know. I think it's, it's okay. It's like, or it sparks more of a conversation that like is more uh, successful than just like not doing the project. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I mean, if it opens it up and, you know, brings about the dial, I mean, like I said, most, how much art goes out there and nobody says shit about it, you know what I mean? So like that's it kind of, if it strikes that kind of nerve and can create a conversation, but I think it's interesting on, I was, you know, I want to feature, I definitely want to feature this project, but we're on Tumblr as well. And I mm-hmm. know my, like the photographs on the brain audience is like, anytime I do anything that's like social, like related, like it yeah. normally spins out. So I'm wondering like, if we put this up on that, on my Tumblr, right. like, I wonder if it's going to kind of like bring back a lot of, I'll just be interested to see the comments yeah, because yeah. it'll go like, it'll definitely right. get some, you know, juice on it. And like, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, does she want that? You know, does she want that <laughs> happening in? But I we'll mean, talk. We can talk about that later. It's happened already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a personal experience. This project, but it yeah. speaks to a much larger issue. And like, why can people? How can people get mad at you mm-hmm. for just documenting your own personal experience? Yeah. Right. And I think if anything, like it. I mean, ideally, it it just like validates other women who are experiencing this mm-hmm. as something that they can like, at least have some sort of allegiance upon it whether it's you know doing something about it like photographing it or or whatever it is but at least just making it like I don't know I think there there was like a pressure on a lot of women including myself where you're supposed to like be thankful for it I mean even my own teachers were like it's a compliment (laughs) and like that and it's like okay why does it make me feel so bad (laughs) like um so I think even just I mean, it's obviously not just me talking about catcalling. Like sure, lots sure. of lots of women are yeah, yeah. Right I mean, now. it's, it's like so yeah. I would say the last five or so years there's been a big rise in. Yeah, I mean, it's a conversation you hear like even on Twitter. I mean, there's numerous hashtags that like you know kind of address it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what well, I want. I want to talk a little bit about. So you're actually you're a photo editor mm-hmm. at Bloomberg Business Week, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, how do you kind of balance like you know? being like a photo editor and then pursuing like your own personal projects you kind of like because I know a lot of times people once they start down that path of being a photo editor that's kind of it and yeah like personal yeah. work kind of yeah. like goes off to the side is that mm-hmm. something you struggle with or do you kind of you able to kind of you find like being an editor and in, in, in immersed in imagery and these sort of things kind of like keeps your own practice like invigorated yeah I mean I think a lot of people have to make a choice after they graduate school or decide to do photography whether they want to have the day job or like the freelance hustle Mm -hmm. and I at this moment don't don't want to have the freelance hustle I'm not really interested in Mm -hmm. just like being uh, so insecure about my income and all of that stuff and 
Welcome to my life. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and well, and all of my friends, I mean, pretty much all of my friends, like, they all do it, where it's, like, mm. sometimes they're great, and sometimes they're, like, I can't leave the house today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, I'm sure that'll be my life sometime. Yeah. But right now, I'm, I'm like, very interested in... Mm. Also, I, I think it's really beneficial for me at this moment. Like, it's... The job is, like, the best job I could have mm. right now, personally, I think. Like, everyone is super nurturing and like encouraging of like being really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and you're having these like basically the meat of my job is I get these like very dry no offense mm-hmm. to business week editors yeah, yeah, yeah. very dry like stories pretty much about business yeah, and finance yeah. and then I have to figure out a like visual solution mm-hmm. for them which I think is really helpful for me uh, I think it can either like drain people or it can like sort of be like a churning yeah. of other other inspiration and, and also I get to meet with photographers yeah. and like work with photographers and it's really helpful for me to like be on shoots and be like oh that's how you do uh, it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that's what you're doing yeah, yeah. and even just like learn like how do you talk to a photo or how do you deal with money how do you like mm-hmm. negotiate like how do you squeeze as much out of like somebody's mm-hmm. <laughs> just by like I talk to agents all the time and them sort of being like and we're, I don't know, like just like trying to get money yeah, out so of the, it. the yeah, money getting, conversation. Yeah, the business. So I feel like it's teaching me a lot about like how to be a photographer. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure, for sure. And uh, and I don't know, they're pretty much everyone in the art department is are artists and mm. working on their individual practices. And I think they've they've been really encouraging of like, you know, I'll just take a week or or however much time mm. to make work and or just say like. But Bloomberg, it, I mean, it is. I mean, over the years, it's kind of like a photographer's. Like, like you've cultivated a certain style or look, I mean, mm-hmm. like a lot yeah. of like young photographers, like they cultivate young photographers yeah. and there's been, was an Amy Wolfen editor there at one time, they, but there's been a couple of, I know that there's, you know. Yeah. Like Emily Keegan. Who yeah. Yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That comes Keegan through. Wood. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been really great. I think it's because, well, A, we have a lot of money, which mm. is weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. For a media company. <laughs> yeah. Right? Which is yeah. weird. Um, yeah. So we have this you like. You shouldn't tell that to the public. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the photographers are like, I heard you say that money. <laughs> that boomerang well, has a yeah. like, well, terminal. I hope, I hope you know that boomerang <laughs> has a lot of money. The terminal is the bread and butter. Yeah. We love the terminal. Yeah. <laughs> Go by the terminal. I, <laughs> I mean, I had an internship at Bloomberg and it was pretty well paid. And yeah. there were a lot of interns. You must have been interning years ago when they actually paid people. It's true. Uh, it they is pay not their interns. The, yeah. uh, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like 18 bucks an hour or something. What? Yeah. It's uh, more yeah. money than I make. <laughs> yeah. More money it's than decent. I make. Yeah. Yeah. Terminals. That's pretty good. Yeah, terminals. Um, anyway, it's also a weekly magazine, which mm-hmm. I think allows like, oh, if you didn't do a good job, ah, there's another week. Yeah, we got, yeah. Like, we got another week next week. So, which is good even for me as a, my job of like, Fuck, I think I fucked that one up. <laughs> it's like, well, well next week, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, but I mean, in such a media-saturated culture, I mean, you really right. you really yeah. have to screw something up to be, yeah, exactly. you know, because most, most stuff is just at the same plateau of, like, sure. sameness, you know. So there's, like, some stuff that elevates, and then if something, you know, yeah. really screws up, then it might become a little media scandal. But how do you find working in the media industry in New York City? Because it's a media city, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> how long have I you been fine. in New York? Yeah. How long have I been in New York? Uh, since 2010. Okay. So, yeah, six yeah. years. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think, well, for me as a human, I, I do really well with like restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really good for me to like have a job where I can only have a certain amount of time to make work, and mm-hmm. like I can only have like 
I, you know, I have to like pencil in the time to make work. I think that's like, it's not yeah. good for me to have like, no, no I, I can't, yeah, I'm really yeah. bad at floating. I just do nothing. <laughs> so it's like when I'm like, okay, like it's, this time is really valuable. Um, and I think even going back to making work in Ohio, like when I lived in Ohio, I didn't, I didn't care at all. Yeah. But like now I can only go back yeah. for a week at most. So Wait, the older you get too, when you see like yeah. that free time shrinking and shrinking yeah. and shrinking. <laughs> shrinking so. Totally. But I, yeah. so there's another aspect, I guess, since we're in this kind of gender conversation about like um, gender in the editorial photography world. Oh, and yeah. There's been yeah. a lot of, there's been some blog post conversations. I know Daniel Shea did sure. a whole thing on this and like yeah. of, you know, highlighting female photographers in the editorial world. What And I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the industry enough to kind of like give any sort of like insight on it. But I, I guess <laughs> from your perspective, are you seeing women getting more opportunities in the last few years or do you, is it still know. very much bro culture in the editorial world? Well, I, I see glimpses of light for sure. I mean, like something like Emily Keegan taking over the fader. I mean, mm -hmm. I love Jordy. Don't get me wrong, but like mm -hmm. he he created a style for the fader, and it's mm -hmm. like I think a very like whimsical but like still male perspective. And mm -hmm. I think Emily has been doing some like really interesting things. But and like like the last two covers of the fader were the first time women like Maya Fur and Jody Rojak photographed the covers mm -hmm. for it. And it's like and that's something that's really exciting to me. And also um, like Elizabeth Renstrom taking over advice mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. so cool to me because mm -hmm. I think. You know, it was just like very male, very male vice. And then and then like Matt Lifeite was sort of a glimpse of like changing up some diversity or something. Mm -hmm. And then I think Liz taking over has been like really interesting for her mm -hmm. to be mixing it up. I mean, I think personally it's something I think about a lot. And like I at the very least, like if a story seems very female, like like I had a story on like Delilah, the radio personality, and I was mm -hmm. like, a Wait, woman, Delilah, yeah. Love someone. <laughs> Go love yeah. <laughs> so something like that. I was like, a woman needs to photograph. Like mm -hmm. this is not something a male should be representing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something I struggle with for sure. It's like, I don't know. So it's like hard because you want to like pick the best pictures, but then you're like. Uh, but I should mm -hmm. photograph. I should like include more women, and it's actually something we've literally had like meetings that are like, mm -hmm. we need to hire more women. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to hire more like people of color. We need to mm -hmm. hire more like, mm -hmm. not white straight males, and like, I don't know. So. Well, that's good. I mean, that conversation. I mean, that's why I'm wondering. It's like it seems to be in the media industry across the board. It seems to be. Yeah. A well, high level conversation that people are. I mean, and then it's not like I think you say, well, we have to do it, but it's actually you know they do diversifying the staff or whatever, it actually does improve the product too. I mean, sure. <laughs> like yeah, look at yeah, it for, for sure, sure that it doesn't, especially in this kind of when you're on the internet where it's not, like if you're making a magazine, it's going to X amount of subscribers and you know, it's like, okay, 94% of our subscribers are males between 34 and 50. So we're going to do it. But like if you're in a more diversified media environment on the internet mm -hmm. where you, you, you're appealing to a much broader audience, like you can't, it just doesn't make any sense, even business-wise, to just specifically target one demographic. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I think like that's another one of those ways the internet is kind of opening up to more diverse voices too. And you have you know people starting their own things that kind of like, fuck it, I can't get a job. I'm gonna start my blog, and then they <laughs> end up rising up and becoming writers and those sort of things. Yeah. So I think yeah, you see definitely. those things happening or photo editors. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not yeah. on the insides. But I'm I'm curious because it does you know I. I, I 
we'll talk to some dudes and they'll be like, well, photography, just, there's just more men in it, you know? And like, that's kind <laughs> of like their answer to it. Right. And I'm like, is that true? It might be true. I mean, I don't know. Like if you go to a photo school, is exactly. it, did, no. what's the breakdown? Is it 70% no. men? It's 30? mostly no. women. Yeah, it's, it's mostly m- women. It was mostly, yeah. yeah that's so, not, and that's yeah. something Daniel talks about is like, mm. what happens? And I don't, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I like, went to a school that had a 60, 40 ratio, mm-hmm. which was pretty awful. But in the photo school, it was the reverse. Yeah. 6% women. Well, they were just maybe even more. Mm-hmm. There were definitely more women. Yeah. SVA too. Yeah, yeah. definitely more women. Um, and I don't, and I think, I mean, I graduated with them, so I should know, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think, and it's something I think about because I work with six photo editors. All of them are women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a woman. I'm mm-hmm. a photo editor. Why? Like, I don't know. I don't know like what exactly happens that makes it more, if it's something about like, I don't know, like responsibility of like, I want to have a stable job mm-hmm. or something. Whereas like, maybe that's not so necessary as a male. I, I truly, Sorry. I'm just grasping. At yeah. Space, but like, I mean, these days anywhere you, it's, it's like a minefield. You don't want to make any assumption. Like I can't be, Oh, it's because of that. Yeah. Well, then there's just some <laughs> scientific study. It's like, well, you don't know your, you don't know what you're talking about, Brian. Right. So, I mean, I think, but I, you know, I, I think you have to start with the conversation. You start, you know, with these, at least getting the high level kind of consciousness and then see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you, some 40 year old white dude with a podcast isn't going to solve it. I'll tell you. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's interesting to see how it evolves and, and, and where it goes from here. Yeah. But you also yeah. have responsibility. Like you're having a photography podcast where you're saying like, these photographers are important and right. you know, so you could, Pick all men and <laughs> you well, know. Of course, <laughs> you could. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's we we've definitely had those conversations a lot too. Yeah. And I think well, one thing I like about and it, criticisms for sure. Yeah. I and mean, it's like yeah. it, it's definitely a valid point. It's like you're, and I say this too. It's like why don't make a list of photographers on the internet? If you make a list of photographers on the internet, it's just. But this is we are. You're selecting a group of people to mm-hmm. be on a podcast to talk about it, and like who do you choose? It's like probably the biggest. I don't want to say the dilemma, but the, uh, you know, challenge in doing something yeah, like this. Yeah, Because, sure. A, well, we're out, you know, we didn't, you know, A, we do want to talk about people that are doing interesting things. And then we want to also, like, you got to be in New York. And then it's, yeah. like, availability. And, like, so right. there's some of these, you know, different variables that go into it. But I think we've done a decent yeah. job on the gender side of this it. Season. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. yeah, this season. Yeah. This season's been yeah. pretty diverse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's always my. I mean, the hundred percent. Like I said, then I said this in the Facebook post when yeah. we were, like no, there's a hundred percent more that you could do. But it's also yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's it's it's, it's something that you're constantly thinking about. But yeah. I also don't want to be like, oh, we could, you know, I don't know. No, no more uh, like uh, bro street photographers. Thank God. Yes, we've got enough of those. Yeah, guys. better yeah. quota of those. Well, we had who, when we when we talked to Kate, we had Kate Alperman. Oh, cool. Yeah. She was on and she was cool. And we were like, so how does it feel to be like on a bro podcast? She's like, you guys aren't. It's not a bro podcast. I would tell you if it was a bro uh, podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't be here. And I was like, yeah. But let's take a quick break and talk about this pile of. Mountain of books. This is a new LPV record for books, number of books a guest has brought. We we should count them in the break. How many she brought? Probably like 25. 
That's my guess. We'll, we'll be a lot back. of good ones, though. We'll, we'll be back with the answer. <laughs> Damn, but thank you for bringing all these. Yeah, I think I've uh, like I mean, <laughs> I bought, when, Sa- when Sasha brought his, like he just is like I just couldn't decide, so I just brought a point. And it seems like I the know. same thing. Yeah, but they're well, all good. There are so many of those that I didn't see, and like unfortunately we're not gonna be able to talk about because we'd be here for another four hours. But like <laughs> so I, I, that's the whole thing you bring, and I haven't seen like the Thomas Thomas Ruff stuff. Like that's yeah, yeah. great. So I get to see that. Mm-hmm. It's. Why we do the podcast? Kind of. No, I mean we get to we get to have the great conversation. Well, they have like sure. dance marathons in college mm-hmm. for causes. Why can't we have like a photo, photo book, book marathon, marathon yeah. where we do like sixteen shows in a row, <laughs> and then we donate all the money to Aperture. Yeah, no, <laughs> no we donate the LPD. money to LPD books. Yeah. LPD. We want to. Well, we want to publish books at some point. Oh so yeah! Wow, great. That's kind of like the whole lead-in. But we're going to talk about. But we never th- talked about your zines because I wanted mm. to talk about the X Files zine. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I can talk about zines if you want. Me well, too. that's how about we do that? We'll talk about. We can talk about your zines, and we'll talk about a couple of the zines that you brought. Okay. Entering zine mode. What so is you, zine what is your mode. zine publication called? Uh, it's called Girl Pains. Um, I I I don't know. I have a problem. I think it's because I'm a Gemini, where I get really into stuff for like. So I was really into zines. I, right now, I'm really into ceramics. So I've been <laughs> taking ceramics classes for the past six months. But um, anyway, so I I just was making a lot of illustration zines because photography is just the thing that I, I've always done. But I, I always need some sort of distraction, and so. If, for a while, it was illustration and making mm-hmm. zines. Um, so the X Files zine, uh, I was just really into X Files. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. I had, like finished the series, and um, like me and my then partner had been like drawing a lot, like X Files stuff. So then um, I was like, I'm just gonna ask my favorite illustrators to like. I also, I I really like. I think New York is so great because everyone, so many people live here, doing like such cool things. So I wanted. A lot of things I do, I try to do like in a community building aspect. So I was like, well, I can ask my favorite, I can like get access to my favorite illustrators by asking them to be part of like collaborate yeah. on something with me. So um, every zine I've made has sort of been, I don't know, some sort of form of that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we buy the X-Files zine? Oh, <laughs> I mean, if you go to my website, there's like a zine tab and it'll direct you to... Uh, zines you can buy. So do you think you'll, <laughs> you think you'll eventually jump back on making the zines? I've been thinking about it lately as mm-hmm. something, well, so my, with zines, I always felt like they weren't precious enough mm-hmm. to the work mm-hmm. that I'm, you know. It's uh, a good point. That's yeah. that the point yeah. I bring all the time. It's like, yeah. why, if I'm going to do, and almost like the zines I want to make are like failed projects. Kind of yeah. like, oh, I didn't really like make it up to yeah. this, but I can put it in here and there's enough to it because you don't mm-hmm. need like a 60 photo edit. You can do like Right, twenty photos or fifteen photos, and like yeah. kind of mix it, and it's like right. a nice little intimate thing. And sometimes those half projects or half start projects are more interesting, anyways. Mm-hmm. Or can be more interesting. Totally, yeah. And I think they can be really nice containers for 
for things that mm-hmm. like you don't really have another place for, um, which is interesting. But I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also notice myself working a lot slower the older I get. Like mm-hmm. I shoot films still, so I have to like, you know, shoot it. Rumor has it you're in the Mamiya <laughs> 7 cult. <laughs> uh, I have an RZ as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, so it's still it's the Mamiya cult. I know like, yeah, People use yeah. both of them. Yeah, I use to both kind of balance it different things. But um, I, I use digital too. I really don't care. Oh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but it just happens to be. So it's like, get it processed and developed, and I scan it and I dust it. And like by the time it's like, oh, I'm yeah. just gonna put in a zine. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's a, yeah, know. exactly. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Doesn't privileged or something. But so um, let's talk about uh, Molly Madelon. Like her. Oh, what to say? <laughs> so this is her. What this? What's this one? Zine is 2013, 2014. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Her portrait's just from those two years. Yeah. I mean, I think she. Uh, I mean, Molly's like one of my best friends, so it's mm-hmm. gonna be a little. I don't know. Bias. I, I have a That's bias right. for sure. But I think she was just um, sort of interested in. That's me <laughs> uh, making studio portraits and exploring how to do that because mm-hmm. <laughs> SVA is is pretty it can be very unstructured just in terms of like what you actually learn it's kind of like whatever you want to learn so if you're in school and you didn't necessarily learn studio lighting you just don't know that when you graduate <laughs> so I think a lot of people are like oh I need to know that or I need to know Photoshop or you know it's very plausible for you to take only like theory photo theory classes and that's it um so I think that was sort of I can't totally speak for her but I think it was an exploration of I mean all of those people are her friends and my, a lot of my friends too so so it was, it was Vu they put it out yeah and so like Vu and Marco yeah stuff. they do really cool stuff um, yeah it doesn't so what I like about this is it doesn't this is feels it's a nice it's a nice zine yeah, a yeah, nice zine <laughs> like the papers and, you know yeah. it has paper stock yeah, yeah. Like it has some substance to it definitely yeah. no, I think she's you know I've Oh, she's all over Tumblr. I see her stuff. You know, sure. She's, she's, yeah, she's, she's great. great. She seems to be doing really well. I mean, it seems yeah. like her career is... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's funny what it looks like on the outside, but yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, no, she's doing great, but it's like... I mean, Molly and I talk every well, day. Well, like every, so like, like you said before, like every editorial photographer is the most stressed out yeah, <laughs> photographer exactly. in the world. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Like it could it's be, like, they could be like, oh, they're flying all over the place and like they're doing all these things, mm-hmm. but they're still just like crazy. Yeah, that's like, like once a, maybe two, every two yeah. months. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I think Molly and I talk about this a lot because Molly has a lot of Instagram followers and like people recognize her on the street and different things. And so it just seems like she's like what defines success, right. I guess, mm-hmm. is something we think about a lot mm-hmm. of like, I'm like, yeah, okay, I have these, like, imaginary, like, likes and followers yeah, and whatever. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she gets, like, a good amount of work for sure and is only going to get more, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, that idea of, like, oh, Molly's doing well. Like, she's doing great. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it's still really hard. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, every yeah. day is a struggle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's probably most most artists, I'm guessing. Yeah, so the next sure. one is, okay, so these are photographs by Amy Harity. Yeah. Um, another one pops up on Tumblr. It seems like a Tumblr yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen her in it, I believe, isn't she out in the West Coast now? So, yeah, Molly and Amy live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, I brought this because um, sh- this is her honeymoon. And mm. uh, oh, and so she, cool. you know, got married and then they went honeymooned in Greece. That's her husband. Huh. Um, and I just, I was really interested. I feel like I've never seen that perspective of a woman photographing her honeymoon. I've seen no. Someone like, uh, I don't know, Harry Harvey photographed his honeymoon. That's, what was it called? Something fruit. Anyway. Canadian fruit. Yeah, Canadian fruit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Iraqis, sentimental journeys, mm-hmm. his honeymoon. 
as well. Oh yeah, totally. This is yeah, that's so, a really interesting picture. Yeah, and some yeah, so is. her like her self portraits and her the reflection photos. I I just think they're and her like you know sort of being very blatant about her desire mm-hmm. for a man. I think can be is really exciting to look at. Um, also, she just takes beautiful photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a really nice. Yeah, like that's a good like, zine. Like, too, that's kind of like a perfect feels like perfect zine kind of right. topic, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It fits in because you're not gonna go on your honeymoon for a week or whatever and probably take like thousands of photos. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> so I think there's something that comes down to like editing too. Like making a zine forces you to edit and pick and sequence. Yeah. So it's like a good kind of like build up to making books right know. like it has to be substantial enough but not too substantial mm. <laughs> I, I think i had such a high love hate relationship with zines because the, the thing that drives me nuts is i would go to like dashwood and there's just this bin of zines and i go through them it's like oh yeah that's it's like, like i know like, so, like, so like, like subcultures what are you then, talking like, about whatever. but then but then when people like you bring these zines and we've had other couple other guests bring like these i was like shit this is like there's a lot of stuff going on here mm-hmm. like how can you be into publishing and into photo books and dismiss like zine i mean yeah. it's kind of ridiculous because it's like part of the whole thing you know yeah well i think is that everybody can make a zine so it's kind of like it's like everybody can have an instagram but that's there's there's really good instagrams and there's not so good Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just about you know finding the good ones and i think this or and making good ones too. so the next uh, one is cory olson and he's he represent who did he just He's represented by... Oh, he's not. Wasn't he? I thought he had, was in a show. At, he was in a show, but I can't remember what gallery. Oh. Sasha uh, Wolf or one of those. Not Sasha Wolf. It was one of those. Julie Saul. Julie Saul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corey's also one of my best friends, so I should probably say that. Um, but uh, yeah, these are great. The, so Corey's from Maine, and mm-hmm. um, he he's made some few bodies work in Maine, but uh, one of them is he just um, went... To back to Maine and went through his garage and made these like oh, these still really? lives. So these are actually his garage from. Huh. Uh, That's cool. His, Baseball still, bats, there, man. Yeah. yeah. So over that. <laughs> I think Baseball Corey. Is a current theme here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Corey does a really good job. Um, I don't know. It just feels super contemporary in these like sort of collage mm-hmm. style photos, sort of. Well, so it's taken the still life out of the. You know, out of the studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, huh. uh, David yeah. Brandon Geating. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's very in the Dave really. Dave style. Um, but again, like the paper on this is like this is. I mean, it doesn't you say when I say zine, it doesn't right. again. <laughs> like okay, it's stapled. You know. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit shorter, but like in terms of the quality of the paper, I mean that's. For sure. You know, it feels like more substantial. And I don't know what, what was better here. than some books. Uh, so Silent Sound put that out, which is Coley Brown, mm-hmm. um, who put who's put out like a Jason Nocito Pete book, and mm-hmm. um, it's like kind of a newer publisher. But, uh, nice, very bright flash. Good um, stuff. Yeah. So those are the zines. Those are the and zines. Whoa, whoa. Zines are done. Now we're going to move on to some uh, books. And the first one, I think, all the consensus of that everyone here had <laughs> to talk about. So, like, the Archive of Modern Conflict. I believe I tried to talk about them on a previous episode, and I totally botched who they are or what they do. <laughs> I because might do the same. Because nobody knows who they are or what they <laughs> yeah. do. I think it's, like, a collective of people, right? And they get mm-hmm. access to archives, and then they produce yeah. this wide variety of books that can just cross the gamut, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think Adam 
Frumberg and Oliver Shannon. Oh, they're in I think it? they've oh. done stuff with them. I think Eric Kessels has done stuff with them. Or maybe I'm just assuming, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Holy Bible uh, yeah. was connected to it. I think, uh, but I remember reading an interview where they try to keep it like intentionally ambiguous of like who they are yeah. and where they, <laughs> where, how they get access to the archives or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they do, they put out a lot of these crazy books. So yeah. the book we have here is More Cooning with Cooners. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is, so they found an archive. The images in More Cooning with Cooners have been edited from a family collection of Kodachromes taken during the 1960s in Ohio, USA. They recount events from various raccooning adventures and are the work of a single but unknown photographer with a clear enthusiasm for the hunt. Okay, so straight appropriation. Mm -hmm. Find the archive. It's all about the sequence and putting it in, like kind of nailing it. And this is... Kodachrome, beautiful pictures, and yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, it, to me, it's like again, like those the the perfect kind of like amateur photographer, like put mm-hmm. you know put the person in the center of the frame, like you know it's the propaganda kind of like pictures, you know. And yeah. I think that's what they're really into is those you know pictures that are used for one kind of purpose, which is generally like a you know propaganda to sell this lifestyle. Or, hunting coons and here's what we're doing right. but then when you put it in the sequence it becomes something bizarre you know? yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or slightly like, off like uncanny I guess the mm-hmm. word is uncanny because sure. it's like yeah. you know they would throw in the mix of like you know some of these odd candid moments you know and I think that's kind of what makes a lot of these projects sing is the editor can go into the archive and find those little odd gems that like the person who's making the photographs for a specific kind of purpose they're not going to look at this kind of like half out of focus candid image but like whoa you know as a photographer with that kind of eye you see it as like yeah it like adds a dynamic to it so i think that's what really makes these type of projects jump but Mm -hmm. why why did you bring this book uh well first first of all it's in ohio (laughs) which is like my starting point i think it it was just it's so far removed i mean the pictures are are beautiful Mm -hmm. um and and tell a story of uh lifestyle that I have no idea about, um, especially coon hunting, which uh, (laughs) was not something I was super familiar with, especially in Ohio. Um, and it's just this like sort of love story with the dogs and the kids and, and these like this, like very much respect for these, uh, the fact that these pictures were taken and shows this like respect for these raccoons in this way that I, I really appreciated. There's the last picture in the book is picture of a man with a raccoon on its on his uh, shoulder Mm -hmm. and so something like that is just like or maybe the second to last picture or something but anyway it's uh uh, yeah oh right there yeah um so i don't know i think it was just so odd it's not it's Mm -hmm. it's like on it's unlike any other book i have um in terms of like the story it's telling and well that i wasn't expecting you to say a love story I mean, that was like when I was thinking about it, like, again, you talk, maybe you talk about the gen- gendered perspectives on it, but I was thinking, you know, I'm looking at it with almost like more clinically. But when you say that, it's like totally true. Yeah. Like, it is. It's like they love this this whole lifestyle and mm-hmm. what it is. And like to love, there really is, I guess, in that, in the hunting culture, it's like if you, the people that are serious, like you really, I watch a lot of the food shows and say like if you get into that habit of actually you have to kill the animals that you eat, obviously you're vegetarian, you might not want to hear this, but like, (laughs) but you know, they say you have much more respect for like the food that you eat when you have to actually go out and like, you have to murder this animal and you have to do it and you have to look at it and see it happen. I don't know if as many people would eat chicken if they knew what was involved with farming chickens in this country. Definitely. And I think that if I were 
if I were killing animal my own animals, I would I'd probably be more likely to eat them. But yeah, the fact that yeah. I don't know is why I feel like I don't eat meat. Not that we have to talk about this, but like no, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, like the how they've made it, how they how like euphemisms. Like, yeah, like you don't like, call it what it actually is, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because it, it stays so. But I think like the the movements of like. The food industry, or not the food industry, but like you know, chefs and like that stuff. I like I, you watch those shows, and it's just like you have, you know, when you prepare your food, you make your food, and you do all. You have so much more respect for what goes into your body, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. yeah. all for these sure. things, and like that's one of the things that was eroded in America in the fifties. Is like once convenience came to is big, king. convenience, and like no, but you shouldn't have to cook. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was the thing. Is like you don't know how to do it, you shouldn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think like they're starting to figure out now. It's like well that. Is leads, dangerous to my health. Leads, yeah, well, <laughs> to everyone's health when you don't have that kind of deep connection to the food. Mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah. that has to do with raccoons, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. So let's talk about, well, we can talk about Harry Callahan, legendary photographer, legendary book, Eleanor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the great love stories in yeah. photography, probably. Sure. You know what I mean? So why, why did you bring this book? What is this one? Um, well, I've been thinking about it a lot because I, I read somewhere, maybe I just thought this, that um, that. Callahan was much more interested in just exploring photography and mm-hmm. he just happened to have Eleanor around. Um, <laughs> and that's something I've been thinking a lot about in terms of making work is I, I'm just tired of seeing like the one note photography projects of like, mm-hmm. I want to photograph even swimmers. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to photograph swimmers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, here's what swimmers look like, right. you know, but I, I think something that I love so much about Eleanor besides the like romantic sort of gestures it puts on it, but mm-hmm. is that like, using a thing that gets you there, but then exploring photographs within the project and and sort of thinking more about photography, mm-hmm. even though, you know, you have an access point, which can be a woman or it can be a sport or it can mm-hmm. be like whatever. But then, yeah, so I don't know. So I've just been looking at that book a lot and thinking about, um, or just that thinking about that idea of, of using your subject as, um, as like something you can access, but generally just figuring out how to mm-hmm. push photography mm-hmm. further and letting photography mm-hmm. push you. Yeah, that's why I brought it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, obviously he, there's a lot of experimentation, you know what yeah. I mean? Like darkroom experimentation, composition too. One thing that I think, like, I'm, why I guess I, I guess maybe rooted in tradition or what I like about tradition, like I'm a composition person. Like composition to me is like, can be as, can be wildly inventive. Like it doesn't need to take, and we'll get into the conversation on the photography's magic and some of that sure. stuff too of like how like just the way you can frame something and like every little edge matters and every little element mm-hmm. in the frame matters and like that can be wildly inventive and there's zillions of different ways to do it. And that's what I like what you said there is like you start in a place and then that's where the artist and the photographer takes over. It's like how do I mm-hmm. make pictures here? Yeah. And like that's yeah. that's always the number one question. And I think like just anytime you go out, like you can never, every time you have to make a picture, you got to start brand new. And like yeah. you have a million different choices and all the knowledge in your head to go and then make a different picture. Right. It's like within and all you. The pictures you've already seen. Exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I think like Harry Callahan is a good kind of like, you know, represents that kind of idea of taking, yeah, like the one subject matter and like how can I make different pictures of mm-hmm. it. And yeah, he does exactly. it through the darkroom. He does it through some manipulations through the darkroom, but it's also composition and just... There's some double setting. exposures too, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But then yeah. your plays yeah. with light and shadow and those things, yeah. so it's like, 
you know, but I think it would generally fall into what you would say is like straight photography, you know? Like yeah, taking for sure. pictures. Um, yeah, I think there's just like, you're talking about muscles a bit, but like mm-hmm. this urge to be like, I'm going to photograph this town or I'm going to photograph a bunch of towns and say it's one town or, you right. know, and just like, I'm going like, what a, mm-hmm. I don't know, what a male idea to be like, I'm going to go <laughs> represent something and I'm going to no. tell you what it looks like. And, and I think that's kind of boring, I uh, guess. And uh-huh. so, um, which is why, I mean, Harry Kellerman's always. So what about, but there's also a very lyrical way of doing it too that you see sometimes where it's like, you'd have no idea where the person is. It's sure. like, it's not rooted in any location. It's more rooted in the lyrical and kind of like the poetic moments and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And I think you see a lot of that as well in photography is too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it goes, drifts too much into kind of like the lyrical and it's not like rooted in, in a place or in a subject matter too. Right. And I actually, I do tend to see that in a lot of younger photographers too, where it's like, they don't want to be connected to something. So it's like, how, maybe how do you find that balance? You know? Yeah. Well, I think there's this weird urge after like redheaded pecker wood. I mm-hmm. think this like, and even some of Daniel Shea's work, like I've seen a lot of people be like, I'm going to just photograph America. And mm-hmm. by doing that, I'm going to photograph a bunch of small towns and mm-hmm. say it's one small town. Mm-hmm like trying to trick the audience or something. I, I don't know. I just hang around SVA. So do you think thing. like, I mean, to me, it always has, it has to start with whatever that, that personal connection is to it. Like that compulsion, that urge or whatever it is, yeah. your story. Cause it is a subjective story, no matter what, when sure. you're going to Ohio, when you're doing the cat, I mean, it's like you, like this oh. is my encounter. But, oh, food. Food is here, <laughs> but we will continue. We don't. We we like to have a wait. So no, that's Gosh. I. Ha, I don't. I don't. I know somebody brought a Harry Callahan book before, but I don't know if it was. It definitely wasn't that one. Might have been mine. Tom offering. So the next one we have is like, and I never say her name right. Renica Dykstra. Renica Dykstra. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a re- retrospective. I mean, I would venture to say one of the most well-known uh, portrait photographers living. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Well. Yeah. So she's why what I mean what draws you to her work what's um well I I, I don't know so many things I love her patience with mm-hmm. photography I think that's something I think about a lot in terms of I think with the internet there's such an urge to be famous now mm. you know and I think I've been thinking like I have that urge <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody does right you are come on you're on your way <laughs> <laughs> or it's yeah. it's like I don't have enough followers I don't have enough yeah. this and. I think that's always been a problem for everybody, but um, something she does so well is, you know, stick with the same thing for so long and um, and try to be, I don't know, very German about it, very, like, straightforward, mm-hmm. very in this way that's supposed to be truthful. I don't know if it necessarily is, but um, I don't know. I think she's just someone I go back to a lot and think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I saw her speak and um, once and the the dancing kids. Um, she showed the dancing kids mm-hmm, in the club mm-hmm. video and uh, and everyone started laughing and because they're like they're very they're sort of dated at this point mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. very like kid dancing to Lincoln Park or whatever nice. and and uh, mm-hmm. like you know blacked out and yeah. and everything and uh, she just like interruption was like. Stop laughing. <laughs> oh, 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 so she's very, very serious, yeah, so, kind of like Scandinavian. Like, yeah, like, uh, and afterwards, I, I think I, I don't know. I got well, it's like, like Bergman, Ingmar Bergman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, very yeah. serious. Like, you right. Know, it's like I, I kind of like that too. It's like, but it's. Do you feel? I don't know. I, 
runs similar generational spectrum. (laughs) But I do feel like there is a difficulty in being very earnest in like whether Mm. it's a millennials or Gen X. I know Gen X for sure. Like to be like serious or earnest, a a cynical Gen Xer, it's like no way. Yeah, for sure. But I wonder if with the millennial, the younger, if like there's some of that maybe coming back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I think, I mean, I think it's, and I, afterwards I sort of talked to her and someone else was, she was just like, I don't know why people were laughing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not funny. Like, this is just yeah. how it was, you know, <laughs> like not understanding the, like, it's funny to see a, like goth kid dancing yeah. in Lincoln Park. Like, of course it's funny, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. If but is it a, funny and kind of like, yeah, you go kind of, you know what I mean? Like a celebratory, like funny, or is it a mocking funny? <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I for Risk me, I was not that's, yeah. that's, I think that's a problem with American <laughs> yeah. culture. A lot of times you don't know if it's mocking or if it's like, yeah. you know, somewhat like celebratory, you know, because mm. there is, there is sort of a viciousness to like, taste in America, like American culture, like you like that, you're like you're defined by what you like and what you like associate with, you right. know, and if you watch what you like is so weird, you have to automatically be like self-deprecating in some way. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think like if you go, you're way deep into some subculture, you don't give a fuck about any mainstream. I think it's sure. more the people that are closer to the mainstream, whatever, where it's, you know. Mm. Well, these videos are far enough in the past that. Mm. It's nostalgic. Like seeing right. a kid yeah. dancing to Lincoln Park is funny because it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that song. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Not necessarily making fun, but so you're know. making fun of Lincoln Park. Then. I I used to listen to Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. Okay, so the next one we have is Daniel Gordon, Still Life Portraits in Parts. Um, I saw his work at the Foam. What was it? The Foam. What was the? F- it was at the. Um, Unseen? No, no, no. It was in New York. It was they had the foam. It was all about the new formalism stuff. Oh, hmm. maybe a year and a half ago. I can't remember the name of the show, oh, but I I, but yeah, I did okay. I did see his work there and yeah. I to me of the, of this what was on display there, his was by far the most interesting to me. What I've liked the most. So he tears up tears up photographs and then reassembles them yeah. into these, which is like. It's a photography. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's the first thing. It's like, yeah. well, who gives a shit? I mean, it's art, and like, you know, I mean, they're photographs. A lot of, they are um, photographs. Yeah, yeah. I like I mean, them a lot. Like I said, like of of in that kind of like mix of, and we'll talk about photography's magic in a second. But to this, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm have that classical kind of like Picasso or whatever kind of like cubist, <laughs> cubist tendencies. But sure. That's why I like it. You know, color and. But also, like he's ripping these up from magazines and making them out of that too. Is mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of really the like the hook, the conceptual hook on it, I guess. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I think there's so many. I think collage is super. I don't know. It's having a moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with photography is magic. But I think what he's. I don't know. Keeping it real is something really interesting to me, and in that um, you can't tell like. Whereas other things you can see the mm-hmm. that it's obviously Photoshop or obviously something which is also interesting in its own ways, mm-hmm. but um it brings out know. like a lot of idealized forms but in a very mutilated way. But also what I see in this is like obsession. Like this is somebody yeah. who's clearly obsessed mm-hmm. with like putting <laughs> constructing these things. Anytime I see like uh, that crazy level of obsession in art or photography, I was like 
again, like this person is yeah. not faking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. They're so yeah. deeply immersed in this thing. Like uh-huh. this isn't something beyond where they're just doing it for effect. You know mm-hmm. I mean? They're doing it because this is their dedicated to pursuing this idea right. you know and like they're going to make this stuff yeah or, you know yeah. and you see that in this like it just comes through immediately to me you know mm-hmm. he does like an art 21 too that's super good um oh really yeah he like it shows a studio and him like putting mm-hmm. together all of these photos and they're just huh. nuts yeah um, that's that's kind of like holy shit where'd this guy come from it's <laughs> good it's, i mean like i said this is the best stuff of kind of like well i guess i don't want to pigeonhole we should talk about photography is magic the, the late <laughs> addition to the show yeah. so we've been talking we've been calling it like triangle art and like <laughs> I'll, I'll just admit it like we i the circles whatever is mostly straight kind of photography like your standard what i would say is like you know you're history you know written history of photography like documentary photography and those sort of things and this is the stuff that's in my tumblr a lot and i like it to look at it like mm-hmm. i like it to scroll by and look at it really fast yeah but in terms of like it feels like it's just it's it's like instant gratification to you me, don't it's like engage to me, that much with it to me it symbolizes it's like the eye candy it symbolizes kind of like what the internet is is like scroll through it really fast and look at the next thing mm. like it's everything reassembled and put together and this is of the moment this is speaking of what's going on and like of course like some old dude would have like a problem with like what the like the kids are doing but like <laughs> well, I was I, telling you before it's like when I see it in the book with the glossy page outside of the context mm. of like the tumblr mm-hmm. I let's. I'm sorry. I, I get into it much more, and it's kind of yeah. like. But it has. It, what kicks in is like, some of it I can deal with. <laughs> like, <laughs> but some of it is like, goddamn, fuck, man. Like, how do they do that? I think about it as like an artist. It's like yeah. shit. Like that really is like bringing in a lot of different ideas. So, anyways, well, what what's your kind of? Take yeah. On this well, stuff? I think that Charlotte Cotton, uh, who put it together, it, I don't know. I think she's really great at making textbooks, even mm-hmm. though no one's, like, asking her to. I don't really know, but I don't know her situation. But, well, she, she, yeah. you know, the photographic contemporary art is, mm-hmm. like, such a textbook of it's literally, like, here's an important photograph and here's a little description. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. next page, here's another, you know, here's another photograph, here's a description. And, and this is such a textbook of, like, you want to know what's happening in photography right now? Like, this is it. Uh, especially mm-hmm. with, the, with this, this sort of genre. Um and and also the title, it's you know, it's a joke, but it's mm-hmm. serious. And I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's sort of metaphorical of the work. It's a joke, but it's serious. Um Right. Well no, I think <laughs> that's a good point. I mean I th- I you know, it it brings in so many different aspects of art and art history too. I mean that's yeah. like these are not people that are not ignorant of like right. what has yeah. come before and they're using you know, of course if you have like these tools like Photoshop, why of course people are going to use it and beat it up and do everything that you can. Why? I mean, like that's, that's what they should be doing. People should be using the tool and maxing out the tool and going crazy with it, you know? Yeah. And this is what happens, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's also stuff like Jessica Eaton, which is all in camera. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not just, it's not just the Photoshop kind of like, um, you know, manipulations. It's other, there's a lot of different, you know, Ways that like the history of photography and the history of darkroom manipulation has been like in- incorporated into like new practice, you know. Mm-hmm. So Photoshop is too. the dis- the digital darkroom, right? I mean, I think <laughs> and I think like some of the grumpy old people is like, oh, you know, if someone whole- made a Man Ray, right, exactly, exactly, in Photoshop, people are like 
that's so dumb. <laughs> sure. But I don't but, know. I think my overall, I'm, like, when I could look through this, is, like, this is the fucking internet, man. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, yeah. like, this is, she's, like, got, like, whatever is going on with that visual culture in photography. Like, mm-hmm. this is it, you know? Like, yeah. there is no kind of, like... And I think it took so long for photography to be legitimized as a art practice, mm-hmm. and I think this is sort of the intersection of, like, there's... It's all everything, you know, like painting is photography, photography is painting, right. like it's all art. And like, this is sort of a compendium of, mm-hmm. of like, here's some stuff going on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so from yeah. a lot of different, you know, some people are working in sculpture and Photoshop or, you know, whatever. And Yeah, the whole um, thing's been blasted open. Like, oh, there's no, yeah, you can take what you take, take the photos you want, take, like mix them up, use print them out a million times and like, right. You know, Daisuke Yakota, like that kind of stuff. Like, there is no, you know. Yeah, you meet so many photographers nowadays that might not even use a camera. Like, sure, yeah. Talking of to Magdalene, she was like, oh, I actually used a camera the other day <laughs> for this project. I was like, what? <laughs> but people refer to it as a photographer. Right. And I think, I don't know, I would have loved, like, kind of in the same vein of the photograph as contemporary art, like, I would have loved for her to take each like with each project like have a little description Mm -hmm. of I mean maybe it's like a total crutch but I think this work can be pretty difficult to like enter into and Mm -hmm. it it is so like net net based (laughs) (laughs) that it's like I don't know I think this is sort of the first attempt at like legitimizing net Mm -hmm. art in Mm -hmm. this way at least within photography um for sure so yeah so what's uh what do you got up on the horizon? What's next for you? Hmm, in life and photography, oh. I don't know. Well, <laughs> hmm, I yeah I've I've been photographing swimmers, um, so I'm still doing that and thinking a lot about Harry Callahan in terms of like okay I have the swimmers, but mm-hmm. how to make cool pictures. Um, I've just been doing like editorial stuff on the side and Bloomberg whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah, as I said, I I don't know thinking about the way men take up space and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know ceramics and I've got a million things nice all the time yeah nice well you? thank you so much I mean <laughs> yeah, for the amazing books a good insightful conversation most yeah. books the most books, uh, the most books. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you I mean we, we enjoyed having you yeah, yeah. we're gonna have so we're gonna have some Mexican food now Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, We'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>